0: him some praise. Let's really make the effort of lifting and magnifying and exalting the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, ensemble. Make your way to the platform. God, you are wonderful and kind. Yes, you are. There is no God but thee. You are the true God. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church. Wouldn't it be good that right now the Lord would just fall and heal people and touch people and encourage people? Oh, hallelujah, take over right now. Oh, hallelujah, glory. We couldn't do anything else but to stand and give him honor and to stand and give him praise and to stand and magnify the name of the Lord. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we just got out of the way and let God did, oh, and do what he does. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. We thank you and we praise you and we magnify you, God. god just hand me that iPad. Come on, keep it up. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, mighty God. Mighty God in Christ. Hallelujah. We serve a God that can do all things.
1: We serve a God that can do even greater than what you think he can do. We serve a
0: God that cannot fail and will not lie. Oh, he has never been defeated, never will be defeated. Even the devils believe and tremble. The God that we serve is supreme. He is the only God, the wise God, the only potentate.
1: There is none but he.
0: Oh, come on, somebody help me tonight. I just know that this is an order, magnifying and praising Almighty.
1: Glory to the Lord.
0: Something good is about to happen. Uh
2: Uh
0: Sister Loa knows it. Here, let's do this. Let's do this. this. Sister Loa, would you write down the words for me real quick? Let's, Let's write down the words. Let's turn brother Scotty down. I turned him up. God, help me make them up if I need to. I don't know how you are sensing tonight, but it could be very nice. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. This is it. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way God has promised that he'd open all of heaven And brother, this could be that day Don't worry about the squeaks. We got it now? We got it? You do Come on, I need some help. Here we go. Come on. Hey, man, do you believe that? If you don't believe that, it's definitely not happening for you. I just feel
1: like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is about to happen.
0: What mics he got? that you picked out, you can stay for another night. (laughs) Oh, praise the name of the Lord, God of heaven. Amen. Amen. I sometimes enjoy just singing the old choruses. Amen. Some of you know them and some of you don't, but who knows, before Jesus comes, we may sing more and more of them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Once again, our church retreat's coming up. Please. We've talked about it. T-shirts are due tonight. Got to have 50. Got to have 50. We appreciate those that are wanting them. You don't have to have them, but if you have signed up for them and you want them, it's time to pay for them. Amen. Because we want to go Monday or Tuesday and make an order. Amen. And praise the Lord. This registration seat has to be filled out if you're coming. Has to be filled out. Has to be turned in by the end of May, the last Sunday. The last Sunday of May, we will only have one service that day, the morning service, no evening service, all right, and so please just fill them out, if you're not eating on camp, remember you put in A, all right, it's important that we know where people are volunteering, what their interests are, how many are coming, it's important that we know that, amen, I think Brother Lewis and I have talked about it, we're going to try to run the church van as much as we can, and so... Uh, I think Victoria and her family is already earmarked for that, and so we'll go from there. Once it's full, it's full. Okay? All right, good. All right. I don't even know how many we can sit in there. I think 12 or so. And so if you have a, a child, you have to supply your own car seat or a booster. All right. Praise the name of the Lord. Ladies conference next Thursday and Friday coming up. And so if you have it. Preserved a room, and if you're going, you need to as soon as possible. Evangelist Simmons will be ministering to the ladies there. If you haven't picked up the youth and adults code of conduct, expectations, dress, how we act, and so forth, if a visitor or part of your family is coming, they have to follow this as well. Now, we don't want to embarrass them at all. So we'll wait and talk to the family member about it and let them handle it, okay? We won't say anything to them right then, do we understand. We do not want to embarrass them, but we will get with the family and let them handle it before they come back. Okay? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. I want to be sure that I have gotten everything out that needs to be out. Any other announcements? Yes, Brother Lewis. Yeah, my, my sister Brown, my daughter, y'all know who she is. She did a go-to fund for... The academy, I don't know how much is in there right now, $400. and So if you'd like to go there and find out about it and donate some, you're welcome. If you don't, then that's fine too. I don't want to pray. There are students that need help. Amen. On that point, I want you to know that we are extending kindergarten and first grade all day. All day. It won't be a half-day program anymore. So. We're trying to open up to all of you. There is a process, and we're going to try to open up to the community. There is a process. Just because you're interested does not guarantee that we can help you. And if we can't help you, if we feel like we can't help and be a blessing to that student, then we'll have to turn the student down. Okay? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God. All right. If there's no other announcements. Brother Phillips is coming and receiving Sunday night tithes and half shovel offering. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother John Brown, is my grandson sleeping? Who's got it? Oh, okay. So come on up here. I want to thank everyone for their effort and prayer this evening. Those that were able to come, thank you. Also for those that want to be more involved, thank you. Let's continue to go forward. The Lord gave me a thought. I'm not preaching it tonight, I don't think. But I'm going to. And it's a tremendous thought, I believe. And it's this. Stirred to the point of action. A lot of us can be stirred, but that's where it ends. So you pray for me that the Lord can get it together through me, that I can preach it under His direction and help us all. Without action, what's the use of being stirred? All right? The Lord bless you.
2: Good evening, praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you so much, ensemble. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. I'd like to give honor to the Lord my God. I appreciate his mercy and his grace and everything that he has done in my life and what he's done for this church and what he continues to do. Amen. I give honor to my pastor. Thank you, sir, for entrusting me with the service this evening. I'm going to be reading in the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty two. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, to the church in Ephesus, written by the Apostle Paul. And be kind one to another. Mm. Mm. If only we can do that. Outside of the church and in the church house. Be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sakes, has forgiven you. Amen. If we feel comfortable in doing so this evening, can we close our eyes, lift our hands, and just begin to lift our voice all over this sanctuary. Lord God of Jacob, speak to us tonight. God, be the compass that puts us back on the path here tonight. Allow us to analyze, to reflect, and to begin to perpetuate introspection, God, within our hearts. Creating us a clean heart, renewing us the right spirit, God, that, Lord, that this kingdom, this church can perpetuate to the place that you desire. God, I pray, oh God, and rebuke every spirit of distraction in this place. And God, let your still small voice, God, resonates and be the loudest in our hearts tonight and within the walls of this congregation God, speak to the youngest, to the oldest. Open hearts and minds and allow them to reflect, oh God, that we can change, that we can be doers of the word and not just hearers, oh God, because the time is coming, God, that you will blow open the eastern sky, and God, I pray that we are caught away in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise here tonight? Amen. You may be seated this evening. I'd like to preach this particular thought. Healing the rift. Healing the rift. Division has been the destroyer of kingdoms, civilizations, empires, since the beginning of human civilization. Did you hear what I said? Division... I know there's a lot of distractions going on, but I want you to hear tonight. Division has destroyed kingdoms, empires, and civilizations since the beginning of human government. It brought down the Roman Empire, who had over a thousand years of reign. And what destroyed that empire that had a control of the known world was division amongst themselves. They split themselves. And God said that a house divided cannot stand. A house divided amongst itself is due to fail. I think about our civil war. Over 600,000 Americans died in a civil war. The enemy outside of the United States didn't have to do a thing. They killed themselves. Brother against brother family member against family member, the casualty rate of 600,000 600, Americans fighting amongst themselves. Civil war is, has gone on throughout generations and it leads to the bringing down of the greatest of nations. Can you imagine what that disease, that problem of division does in the church house? Ever since the apostolic age and Jesus ascended into heaven, there have been individuals that begin to divide amongst themselves, having their own doctrine, having their own way, having their own uh, perspective of what was going on with doctrine and changing things. And Wednesday, if God provides, we're going to talk about the birth of the Trinity and how it was a division amongst thoughts. When there's division in the church house, Satan doesn't have to do a thing. When we quarrel amongst ourselves, Satan doesn't have to do one thing. We do it to ourselves. When we begin to go after each other and have animosity to each other and bitterness and unforgiveness towards each other, we eat our own, the bones and all. And when Satan is working, we're not even paying attention to what else he is doing. We're doing it to ourselves. We are destroying ourselves. And the quickest thing to destroy the vision of a church, the vision of a pastor, the quickest thing to perpetu- to, to, to kill the perpetuation of revival and growth and maturity is division amongst ourselves. And the root of that is Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness births bitterness, and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness turn our prayer to noise until we repent. Once again, the power of division have brought down great empires that have subjugated nations, but it was division that brought it down. Imagine what it does to the body of Christ. Tonight, we need to heal the rift amongst each other. Tonight is a night that we need to begin to forgive one another. Because otherwise, Satan's job is quite easy with a church. And we're not even paying attention to his schemes because we're too busy going after each other. Et tu, Brute? That's what Julius Caesar said when his best friend Brutus stabbed him in the back. Hmm within families family against family brother against brother sister against sister unforgiveness will kill a church and we're not immune to it division will strangle out what god has in store for this church if we are not careful amen i like to bring up colossians chapter 3 verse 13.
1: Forbearing one another and forgiving one another.
2: Whoa, that's twice that it was mentioned, I believe. And it was mentioned several times, but it's going to be in just a few scriptures.
1: If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. All
2: right. Forbearing one another. That means lifting each other up. Not stepping on each other when we're down. That means I'm lifting you when you're beat to a pulp, not beating you as you're down on the ground. That means praying for you, not talking about you behind your back. That means I'm lifting you up in prayer and in fasting and encouragement, not plotting against you. Once again, Satan doesn't have to do a thing because we do it to ourselves. And his battlefield's easy when we destroy ourselves. He gets the leftovers because everything else has been a self-destruction. But if we have quarrel against any within the church and out of the church, Christ forgave you, you need to forgive. I believe I believe it says if you don't forgive, he can't forgive you. I want to be forgiven. I mean, that's like a heaven or hell issue. Amen. But forbearing one another. That is something that needs to be in the forefront of our heart for this church. Is the forbearing one another. Enduring with my brother and sister. Lifting my brother and sister up. And forgiving one another. And if you have a quarrel, we've got to make it right. If we have ought, we've got to go make it right. Amen. Now I love this one, Pastor. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Thank you, Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom and was and the church was built upon a rock, and the hell, gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So here's some words of wisdom that I believe all scripture is inspired by God. So this is directly to us.
1: Not rendering evil for evil.
2: That means if somebody does evil to me, I can't throw it back at them.
1: Yeah. For railing.
2: That means I'm not going against them if they go against me. But contrawise, I like that word. But otherwise counter to what evil and railing is, blessing. Not an eye for an eye. Not you did me wrong, I'm waiting to be Brutus, ready to stab Julius Caesar in the midst of the Roman Senate. That means I'm praying for them. I've got to forgive them. I've got to forbear them, especially if it's a brother and sister in the church. If I have odd, whether it's my leadership or a lay person, I've got to forgive. Not an evil for evil, even though it may have been a perceived evil. And I'm here to tell you, a perceived reality is not reality. And we live in a nation where it's okay to have your perceived reality. But that's not reality. The fact is, if we've got to forgive. We've got to love. We've got to pray. And if a brother is down, we can't be stepping on him. The horse is down, stop kicking it. Lift that horse up and help him. Help that brother and sister out. Amen. Amen. James chapter 5, verse 16.
1: Mm. Confess your faults one to another.
2: Talk about the death of pride. We live in such a narcissistic society anymore. Meaning that it's all about me. It's all about my feelings. It's all about me and my pride. All narcissism is pride. We see it on social media where people out there and they're doing their vlogs or their videos and it's all about me. They love to hear themselves talk and everything that they do, whether it's to look virtuous and a pseudo-moralism, is just to make themselves feel about them, good about themselves. But when I know, when I know That I am wrong and I ask for forgiveness. Or when I've had those mistakes and I go before somebody and say, can you forgive me? All that narcissism, all that pride, all that humanistic aspect dies the moment it is. The flesh is put to subjugation and the spirit rises up. Because it is a constant war between flesh and spirit. We know that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's like getting up early in the morning to run. Oh, it's good in my mind, but the flesh is weak. But God wants us to put our flesh to subjugation, so his kingdom be perpetuate. I'm here to tell you, if we we have awe to one another, and we have unforgiveness to one another, it affects all of us. If we have bitterness one to another, it affects all of us. I believe that we are interconnected into the body of Christ. God has placed where He sees fit. And our struggles or our unforgiveness and our bitterness affect the entire congregation and where God can take us. Amen. Bitterness has brought down entire kingdoms, bitterness has brought down great royal families. Amen. Forgiveness is the key here tonight is healing that rift one to another. Amen. I'm going to bring out an example that should humble all of us because none of us here tonight have been put in this situation to demonstrate this level of forgiveness, to be put in a situation of such agony and literal torture, to be put in a position to demonstrate actual True forgiveness. And I pray tonight as we're listening to this particular true story that we reflect. Is my issue really worth a lack of forgiveness? Oh, what I'm about to talk about is what that person did to me. Is it really to the level that this person demonstrated forgiveness? Amen. We're going to look at an amazing woman here tonight that was born in the 1940s during, or excuse me, that lived in the 1940s during World War II, and we've heard this story before. Her name was Corey Ten Boone. She was Dutch, so she lived in Holland, right in the Scandinavian countries, and she was a Lutheran. As we know, Nazi Germany took over Holland and a majority of Europe, and so she was under Nazi-occupied Holland, and her and her family were watchmakers and watch repair persons, and as The the great final solution of Hitler began to perpetuate. We know that Nazi Germany began to target Jews. They destroyed their shops, took all their wealth, and they put them in ghettos. And those ghettos were that segregation from the rest of the people. But Corey and her family felt such a burden from the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that they did not put up with this type of prejudice. They didn't put up with this type of hate. And so her and her family began to hide up to 800 Jews and saved their life. They hid them in their apartment. They built a fake wall. They had an entire pattern. There was code words that they would hide a Jew and get them out of the Holland area. But unfortunately, there was a Nazi sympathizer in their neighborhood that turned them in. Can you imagine the retribution that would come their way? 800 lives saved because of Tim Boone and her entire family. In Israel, she would be considered the righteous among nations because the righteous among nations were those that saved the Jews in the time of great persecution. We know that Schindler would be one and a numerous amount of people that had the burden to not put up with hate and unforgiveness and prejudice and resentment, but to stand up for what was right. Amen. I wonder if we can be righteous among nations bringing people to Jesus Christ. To pull them out of the wages of their sin. To guide them to the cross. I wonder if we can be the righteous among nations to save those that are lost in this world. Amen. So unfortunately, the Nazis came. The Gestapo came, which was the secret police. And they arrested the entire Tim Boon family. It was not... It was not a nice arrest. They would have been beaten. And then they were sent to various political prison camps. The old, they were separated by children. They were separated by age. Basically, the Nazis were like, how well can we use you? They were stripped of their clothes. Their, all their possessions were taken. All their wealth was taken. And it's not funny. Amen? And then they were put into the political camp. And they were put in a labor camp. Unfortunately, Corey Timboon lost her father, lost her sister, lost her entire family to this political prison camp. It wasn't quite the concentration camp. It wasn't the death camps of, like, Auschwitz. But it was hard. They were starved. They were beaten. Psychological torture. Other forms of torture and assault, if you know what I mean. And they were being beaten by all these guards until one day she was just released. God released her from that camp and liberation came. The Americans and the British liberated the camp and she began to demonstrate the faith and love of God in the midst of all that pain. I don't know how many of us have been to a political prison camp. I don't know how many of us had lost our entire family to the hands of people that hate. I don't know how many of us have been starved or had that mental anguish Or emotional anguish that she went through. So she wrote her book. She told her story. And I highly recommend reading the book, uh, The Hiding Place, which is her story. But she would go from church to church throughout the world telling her story. Until one day she was in the United States. And she stood up and testified and told her story. And here she was, standing in front of this congregation. And everybody lined up just to say, Corey, you really blessed my heart. You really moved on my heart. What a story of endurance and forgiveness and trust in God. Her greatest statement was that no matter the depth of the hole you find yourself, the love of God is greater. Amen. And so an entire line of people came until one man stood before her. And that man was one of the lead guards in her camp that would have beaten her sister, that would have beaten her, that would have tortured her, that would have done terrible and excruciating things to her, her friends and her fellow prisoners. But he said, will you forgive me? With tears in his eyes, Corey, will you forgive me? And us in our humanity... In our flesh, we would have felt justified in saying no. We would have felt justified in saying, I hope you die. We feel justified that I hope your life is miserable. And you know you've been there. But she hugged him. While he was weeping, this German soldier, and he says, I forgive you. What ought do we have here tonight? Unforgiveness is the birth of division. It's a catalyst to division. It's a catalyst to the destruction of so many things. God says that we have to forgive. And tonight if you have ought or you have unforgiveness in your heart, we've got to make it right. Because I impose this question and we've all been guilty of struggling with unforgiveness. Let's just be honest. We're not immune to it. Our flesh wants our own form of justice. But it says no evil, no railings against railings, no evil against evil. We have to forgive and we have to pray. We have to pray for that individual. But I'm going to ask this question Have we gone through as much as Corey? Nope. Have we been wrong to the level of Cory Tim Boone? Nope. Have we been wrong to the level of Jesus Christ as he was receiving nails in his hands and his feet, being crucified and being tortured and given the worst punishment in history and he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He could have called down a legion of angels. He could have called down fire. But I don't think I've received nails recently, have you? I don't think that I've been stripped naked and whipped or received a crown of thorns. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. He's praying for them in the midst of their ignorance. Here tonight, what ought do we have? What unforgiveness amongst each other do we have? What birth of division is beginning to germinate because of that? As I said, division has brought down the greatest royal of families and the greatest of kingdoms and empires throughout all of history. Are we going to allow it to perpetuate? Are we going to eat our own bones and all? Tonight is your night. Tonight is a night that I want revival to be birthed, not division. Tonight is a night that I want the vision that God has given our pastor to be given life, to be regenerated tonight. But I don't want my, my unforgiveness to affect you. I've been through it and and I've struggled. I'm going to be very, very transparent here tonight. And it's nothing against my family, and it was a struggle for years, but my mother was unfaithful to my father when I was 10 years old. And it took 12 years to forgive. Bitterness eats. Oh, it poisons our soul. It turns our prayers to noise. We hit a ceiling. Until we allow God to work through that forgiveness. And we know in our humanity it's easier said than done. But we've got to forgive. We've got to forgive. It took me 12 years. But if I wanted to grow, if I wanted to be with God, I had to forgive. If I wanted to be Christ-like, I had to forgive. And you know what stood out to me? I haven't taken nails recently. Tonight's your night. I want this church to grow. I want vision to be born. I want maturity. I want where God takes us. And tonight, tonight, oh, tonight, we've got to analyze, is it me? I can imagine that it was Korah that had some kind of unforgiveness stepping up against Moses. I think it was Korah that had something within his heart to rise up against the man of God and try to establish his own vision. And it started with some kind of unforgiveness. Tonight, I pray that we are self-analyzing. I haven't been in a camp lately. I haven't been receiving a cat of nine tails recently. I haven't received a crown of thorns recently. And I haven't laid on a cross recently. And I haven't been hung on the cross recently. So why haven't we forgave? May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. Pastor. Amen. These altars are open. Can we stand to our feet here tonight? I want to pray for this church as a collective. As we're in this season of prayer, and as we're in this season of seeking maturity and depth, we've gotta, it requires reflection. We've got to pray for each other as a body. Then we close our eyes and lift our hands. Lord, I thank you, God, that over 20 years ago you planted the seeds of a vision in our man of God and in our sister White. And, God, and my wife. And, Lord, you, God, begin to move and have a cloud by day and a fire by night. God, to move through the city of Colleen. And I am thankful, God, that we got caught up in the cloud here at this sanctuary, in this congregation. Oh, God, we caught the vision. And, Lord Jesus, I pray for this church. I pray, God, for the unity of this church. God, I pray, oh God, that we could have the same vision together. God, that we could have the faith to forgive. Because God, time and time again, God, you have demonstrated forgiveness. And Lord, God, begin to move on the hearts of your people here tonight. Because if we want to go to heaven... We've got to forgive. God, if we want here, God, as you're growing this church, for us to grow, for us to have revival, God requires forgiveness. And let somebody, God, trust you with all their hearts and lean not on thy own understanding, but in all their ways acknowledge you and forgive. Oh, God, begin to move, Lord. I rebuke every spirit of division. God, that spirit of unforgiveness, that spirit of bitterness. And God, let it be power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, let us have the burden to forbear one another in our burdens, and our struggles, God. Not to eat our own, oh God, but to pray for our own, to fight for our own, God. We are a family and we are a church. God, give me the strength, oh God, to forgive in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody begin to magnify God in this house. I don't want to make it easy for the devil for this church. I want it to be a warfare for him. Oh God, help us to forgive. In Jesus' name.